This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. With this show, we're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Now, guys, remember I said we're a bit out of order. Um, We're kind of back in order for a little while, and then we're going to jump again. I apologize. Uh, The time changes have really played havoc with with my ability to alphabetize. Um, So you're going to get some extra shows thrown in there um, that are not going to be released on a Thursday. So watch out for them. Today, the letter is N, and N is for NRE, which is new relationship energy, as compared to ERE, existing relationship energy. And joining me to talk about NRE and ERE is Zaina Ratti. Zaina is a hypnopsychotherapist specializing in gender, sexuality, relationship diversity. For those of you who know acronyms, that's GSRD. LGBTQIA+, ethnicity, consensual non-monogamy, polyamory, and alt relationships, and she is based in Oxford at www.zayna.net. Um, also, if you want to follow her, it's at ZR Therapy, or ZR Therapy, depending on which country you're listening to this in. She's an experienced trainer, charity chair, and conference presenter on intersectionality and cultural identity, sexuality, gender, and relationship dis- diversity. She delivers bespoke consultancy and training services to corporations and charities, and she's founder of the QTI POC Therapist Network. Zaina believes in working towards decolonizing traditional therapy. As a Stonewall POC and school's role model, she goes into educational settings and talks about the acceptance of diversity and combating bullying. Mental health columnist for Oxmad and Finn Times, Zaina is also a multimedia domain contributor on mental health, LGBTQIA, and POC issues. Welcome to the show. Hello. Congratulations for getting through that. It, it reads a little bit like a menu, doesn't it? Like- but it's, it, it's actually really good because um, I think it's important for people to understand how wide-ranging some of your expertise is and how many different areas these things apply. Because sometimes I think people th- think only in terms of one area like we talk about sexuality and or if we're talking about polyamory that that doesn't apply to other relationships Mm, yeah totally or or you know people think that you should have one thing and that's all you do whereas what i do everything is has intersex to each other so i have a it means i have a really uh shit elevator speech because it it needs to be like a really huge building yeah Um, (laughs) I understand. But the, but the thing is, is that and, and people often don't, under, don't think about intersectionality. And, and the reality is that most of us are not one thing. Mm. And we have loads. Right. So we have loads of different intersections. And actually, in therapy, everything comes up. So it's important to know how to deal with those things. Mm. Yeah. A large part of when I'm talking to other therapists and I'm doing training is about, you know, having a little bit of knowledge so that when you have a client that comes to you and says I am exploring or I am xyz then actually you can go yeah okay I'm not an expert in that but at least I've heard of it and you don't have that immediate break which means that you can't reach UPR yeah absolutely really important you know where you come from as a therapist and that's really important on lots of different issues Absolutely. Um, And it's important when people are looking for a therapist that they understand that Um, and that they understand that they can actually, you know, interview people and see who they feel comfortable with and and look at the various areas and the various points of view the person may be coming with. Yeah, totally. People, particularly the public, are really, really confused about how to 
pick a therapist. Um, you know, we don't have statutory regulation here. We don't have protected okay. titles. And even though, you know, if you say, well, I'm a trainee UKCP hypnopsychotherapist, most people haven't got a clue who the UKCP are. No, I know, and as an American um, born, for me, it was it was completely flabbergasting to come to a country where psychologists weren't regulated. Yeah, totally. you know, so it's it's one of those things um, that, and and actually, if somebody is confused about this and writes into me, I do actually have a checklist of questions to ask. Yeah, so that you can figure out. It's not to say this one's good, this one's bad, but it's so you can figure out where this, what this person's training has been, what kind of experience they might have, and what direction they might be approaching problems from to decide if that actually works for you. Yeah. Well, I always, you know, potential clients will always email me and go, you know, what's your approach, what's your background, and, I, and I, there's some of that on my website as well because I think that's really important. And I always then have an initial session. Yes. You know, and, and I don't go, well, you know, you're coming to me, you're seeing me for so many sessions and you're going to be booked in at the same time every week and, and you're going to do this, that and the other. Because I understand that everybody has got a life to start with and commitments and responsibilities and, and budgets. You know, seeing a private therapist is not free. No, and everybody's different. And so, you know, it, sometimes people won't click with you. And if they don't click with you, I mean, it's the same way as I'll turn away clients who are outside of my specialty or just somebody I don't think I can work with. There's no shame in actually saying to the therapist, this doesn't feel right to me. Absolutely. You know, we don't, if you're good therapists, we don't get offended, right? We're just like, okay, let's see if we can help you find somebody who works better for you. Absolutely. That's a really important part. Have a list of trusted referrals. Yeah. You know, don't which is sometimes stop. difficult. You know, it's sometimes difficult to be fair. It, 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 there are a lot of us, the people that we would normally refer to are full. <laughs> so it always becomes one of those issues. But it, but it really is worth thinking about if you're actually seeking therapy, what it is, what are your goals? What are you looking for? And recognizing that, for example, you don't have to accept the pers- first person, even on the NHS that you're referred to. They don't tell you that. If you're not comfortable with the first person, you go back and say, I wasn't comfortable with this person. Sometimes gender, um, ethnicity, sexuality all cause problems because you don't feel you can relate. And it's really important not to just sit there and say nothing. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. And, and it means you actually don't, neither of you is as effective as you should be. Um, you know, there was a massive study that came out about clients lying to therapists. And a large part of that is that they think a therapist may pathologize a part of their identity or they're trying to please their therapist or impress them in some way. And they feel that they cannot divulge and be authentic in the room. Well, if a client isn't in the room, neither is the therapist and it ain't going to work. Right. So you're wasting your money. Absolutely. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. And whereas if you found somebody that you did click with and you felt you could have a sense of being completely open and completely yourself. Mm. A large part of what I I talk about is about creating a safe space. Yes. You know, you can come into this safe space and you can say whatever you like. If you want to spend the hour swearing, spend the hour swearing. Because it's, you know, there is movement. Movement doesn't necessarily always have to be forward. It can be sideways. Movement is movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to talk about NRE now. We are going to talk about having, NRE. But having said that, I mean, I'm really pleased that we ended up talking about this because this is really important and it's stuff that people don't know where to find the answers about. Mm. It's not like there's an easy place to look up how do you find your therapist. It's not there. Yeah, totally not there. But even to find a therapist. It's difficult, yeah. You know, do you go, so, that, so there's a couple, you know, there's BACP and the UKCP, or if you're all there's the NCS or there's the NCH or there's so many people you can go to to look at listings and but not you, the right therapist for you might not even be on that listing right and because and part of that is also because in the UK um, the professions are divided in really strange ways and people are expected to over specialize and so it can be really difficult to find who, who you're looking for because 
you know, the person might be on the UKCP list and no other list. So if you didn't know to look there, you miss them entirely. It's a minefield, but it can be done. If you are listening and you need some help with that, just drop me an email. I'll point you in a couple of directions. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, depending on what people want, there are a couple of people or places that I would direct. Yeah, you too. Um, uh, but we don't all have the advantage of that, unfortunately. Indeed. And you do then end up having clients coming to you and going, I had, you know, somebody that wouldn't see me. Yeah. Or um, because of this particular thing. So, NRE, um, so for people who don't really know what that is, mm. tell me about new relationship energy. So, new, new relationship energy, you know, I quite often say, when people say what's the difference between poly and swinging, is that, that polys usually think about stuff more. Um, but NRE is, is a way of describing that kind of intoxicating dopamine feeling of connecting with somebody new. And, and that kind of can throw people off at a tangent because you don't see it coming. It's that kind of lightning bolt for anybody that's seen four weddings and a funeral, you know, where he goes, ah, oh, that's the lightning bolt. It can be. That's that. the one. Um, and the majority of relationships experience something like this, whether it's, you know, mono relationships encounter NRE, but they call it the honeymoon period. Um, and that kind of fades off into kind of a nesting period and that shores up that relationship and contributes to its survival and longevity. But this kind of lustful kind of hormonal attachment forming section of this relationship usually lasts, kind of lasts on average about six months, but it can be really, can be shorter, can be longer, just depending on the people involved. Um, you know, there are no, there are no rights and wrongs to NRE. Okie dokie. So we are, believe it or not, a minute from break. So when we come back, we're going to pick up where we left off and, yeah. and, We'll see you after a word from our sponsors. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you living a healthy and fit lifestyle? It's not just related to your physical well-being. It also means a healthier mind, confidence, improved health, stamina, and fitness. Talking with Tremaine brings it all to you. Host Tremaine Ellis, along with her husband and co-host David Ellis, will offer support, advice, guidance, and motivation to keep you in your best shape, both physically and mentally. Talking with Tremaine can be heard live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is part two, and we are talking new relationship energy with Zaina Rati. So 
Um, so you were saying that there are no rights or wrongs about the length of time that this can last. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, th- and there's no rules about what you can do when you're in it either. Um, you know, if, if you want to say I love you after a week, you can do that. However, you've got to kind of think about what I love you means to you and the other person. Because, you, you know, you could be coming from completely different places there. Um, you know, it's about remembering that lasting kind of connection and intimacy is, is much more than physical. Although, you know, defo have fun with that if that's your bag. Um, but th- there's lots of things that kind of can constitute NRE. So jealousy, for instance, is usually strongest during NRE because you, you're having all the feels. As, as young people would say. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't even do all the feels either, did I? Um, so, but use that. When you're in that, use that as an opportunity to learn and to unlearn what your jealousy triggers are, you know, because it's, it's about being present and using what you can use in the present and not going, okay, so what's happening yesterday or tomorrow it's how am I feeling right now and what can I do with that? I love that. Um, you know, being present is what makes relationships amazing. It's also really difficult for lots of people and for all of us at some time or another. But there are lots of people who are never present in their relationships, which is tremendously sad. Even worse, there are lots of people who are never present during sex, which is tremendously mm-hmm. sad. Um, and so... If you're able to be present at this time of high emotion and high desire, it's fabulous because you really can learn an awful lot in that space. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's that I feel quite often people are thrown off by the fact that in mono relationships, you have it in mono, whereas in CNM relationships, you have it in more than one. So you have a pre-existing relationship. So some people, you know, some people say, ERE, some people say ORE, um, mm-hmm. I use ERE personally, but you know, you have that pre-existing relationship, which, which could be at a nesting stage. And then on top of that, you have the NRE and it's just like emotion overload. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was trying to think, I like to, uh, you know, I work in mysterious ways as they like to say, and I was thinking about how can I demonstrate NRE um, and the the interesting concept I came up with was um, it's like making salad dressing in a jar. And this is what I usually end up saying to my supervisor. There is there is there is method in my madness. But, um, you know, when we put ingredients into the jar, they're usually like an oil mix and a, and a water mix and we shake it and it mixes. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. But in that mixing, we're creating a centrifugal force. Mm-hmm. If we think we are at the center of that centrifugal force and having all of our fears and our securities drawn out and confronted with, and, you know, this is kind of confusing and unsettling and as humans, we fear the unknown. Yep. Um, you know, and what we've got to remember is that when those layers of dressing inevitably settle, we A, end up with more ingredients than we started and that means we're getting a richer experience of life and a deeper understanding of others i love that i love that as an as an analogy and as an illustration i always find and i often am telling people to to be cognizant of their already existing relationships because one of the things that happens for a lot of people with nre is they feel like teenagers again and they forget that their partner sitting at home might not want to hear about the other person 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I'm experiencing NRE, that means himself at home gets more sex. I mean, he could have more sex if he wanted it anyway because of the nature of our relationship, but, but he definitely gets more sex because you know, if I'm feeling it here, I bring it, I bring it with me. Totally. It's transferable. <laughs> for us, it works very well because he's a voyeur and he loves to watch and play with energy and I'm, I become the exhibitionist. So he likes to call me bait. (laughs) So we, I'm lucky in that way because I can only think of once where my NRE was a bit much for him. 
you know, so, but for a lot of people, it's sort of like, what happened to me? Where did I go? In- yeah. What do I get out of this? Because I'm not off having all this fun and, you know, I'm paying the bills and doing the other stuff. And so the balancing can be really interesting. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's what I like to, and it was really funny because I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but it's that, you know, always remember you will love, always love who you always loved. Yeah. And, you know, we don't leave a part of our heart kind of behind but our heart grows around that. So if you think about the analogy on grief, grief's always there, but you grow around it. And I think right. a similar thing exists when you're in NRE and, and you're having that compared to um, ERE, is that it means that there's more to go around. And people don't get that. Your energy is bigger. You have more energy, not less energy. So your energy is bigger, so you've got more to give. Absolutely. And you're in a good mood. Yeah. Right. So you're in a good mood. So you bring the good mood home. And so like the people who are at home, if they can remember that and deal with their jealousies and their, I mean, for me, my envy comes from, and I say envy deliberately because it really, it's not about the other person. My, my stuff is always around. Am I getting to have enough fun because I work a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and time, right? And am I getting enough time? with whomever and so when i get envious if if he's doing something although to be fair i'm the one who's usually i've got i get to have more of the dalliances and all of that but when i have gotten really upset with him like we were in an event and i was working the event and so i was interviewing people constantly and he was off beaten ass i was not happy (laughs) there were other issues about that particular thing but the biggest not happy for me was God damn it. I want to be having fun. And, and although I enjoy interviewing people, it's not the same kind of fun. It's fun, but not the same. Not as we know it, Jim, as the song used to be. Exactly. <laughs> and so that happens a lot for people, I think. That a lot of that kind of envy, it's, it, it may not be jealousy of, of the other person. What it is is the situation. Like, I want to have those good feelings. Mm. I want to feel that newness. Yeah, absolutely. It's that newness. But sometimes we find it's very scary, that newness. And oh, people yeah. retract back from that, you know? And, and our brains, they don't like the inconsistency. So, you know, that feeling of Im- um, imbalance and that in that period, honeymoon period of NRE, it, it, it throws us completely off. And sometimes we then return to situations that, you know, coping mechanism is a coping mechanism, whether it's a good one or a bad one. Absolutely. And sometimes we will return to situations that maybe we shouldn't be in because actually that's had a scary being out there and being having all those feels and being uncertain at the same time. And, you know, we need to kind of acknowledge that those things, those things pass that, you know, you cannot, you, you, you can't keep NRE forever. No, but some of it's chemical and the chemicals change. Yeah. So when you, because you can't keep it, there's certain things you can do, um, you know, but it's, it's about taking things slowly. Huh. Which is the last thing you want to do when you feel yeah. that. Totally. Because you just want to be over them like Marmite. If you oh, like yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's true. One cheap suit. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you know you just want to be with someone 24 7 and talking to them and messaging them and it's about recognizing that it's it takes time if it's gonna last don't rush it absolutely so we are about two minutes from break um when we come back we talk about how difficult that is to balance and some of the tips to try and do it i also want to talk about what this looks like in a monogamous relationship because i think it feels somewhat different but it's also why people run off and get married when they've known somebody for 10 minutes um or create babies when they've known somebody for 10 minutes because they're swept away by this thing and then they wake up from it and they describe waking up from it and they don't know where the hell they are because they didn't get to know this person at all. No. 
and they were just swept away after they, as, as, as my son's friends say, caught feelings. <laughs> I like that. You, you yeah. catch them now. We didn't catch feelings. We had feelings, but young people catch them, which is kind of interesting because it does feel a bit like a disease. <laughs> is there a cream for it then? Yeah, no, is there a cream or can we, can we, can I take a tablet and, and that'll handle it? And I actually have had, to be fair, I've had teenagers ask me, can you give me a pill to get rid of this virus? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> guess what? Viruses don't usually get cured with pills. Pills, yeah. Pills don't work very well with virus. <laughs> um, okay, guys, so um, we will hear from our sponsors. And remember that you can write in with questions, Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. If we don't answer them this week, I will pick them up next week. Um, and if you have suggestions for the show, don't forget to write in suggestions or guests. Tell me what it is you want to hear about. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is part three of N is for NRE, new relationship energy, and ERE, existing relationship energy. And I am with the amazing Zaina Ratti, and we are talking all about this. So before the break, um, I said I wanted to talk a bit about what this looks like in a mono relationship. How do you think this plays out differently in a mono relationship? Well, A, you've got less people to consider. Hmm. And because you've got less people to consider, you can then, you know, kind of run off into the sunset and, uh, and, and, and do ridiculous things that you wouldn't do if you actually thought about them. Um, but it's consideration. But really, everybody should be looking at when they are in that kind of honeymoony, oh, well, I think the other person's amazing and they would never do anything wrong ever um, and they have no faults, right? None. No, no faults. Like they're, sn- they, they're snoring. I even love their snoring. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Your flatulence, I'm so into it. It right. just, you, you can just forget about all of the stuff that normally would be huge red flags. Yeah. And that's why it's really useful to just be able to step back and go, 
if I had known this person 10 years, would the farting in bed get on my nerves <laughs> constantly? And it stinks. And they put my head under the duvet. Mm, that would bother me, right? Would that bother me? Do you know what? It's, I kind of feel like, you know, when they used to that commercial, this is your brain on drugs. Do you ever see that one when they showed the fried egg? Yeah. This is your brain on being in love, new relationship energy, or if you want to be really, um, if you want to be like really erudite and show your education, limerence, because that's, that's, that's what limerence is, that stuff. Um, and it is, you know, we, we somehow managed to wipe out all of the red flags, wipe out our gut instincts that tell us, even if they're not serious red flags. I mean, that, that is quite problematic. Many of us will override that sense that says this person could be dangerous, not just not compatible, but actually dangerous. Like, isn't it cute that they always want to know where I am every second of the day? And if I talk to another human, they get jealous. Isn't that jealousy cute? Oh, I like that jealousy because it means he really loves me. Absolutely. And nobody will ever love you the way they love you. Yeah. And, and that's when you begin to get in that mindset where you do get into dangerous relationships. And at that point, you are so brainwashed that mm. you end up staying in those bad relationships for what could be years. Yeah. So it's being able to pull back from that and go, okay, take a breath. This yeah. feels great. This person's perfect. I'm really excited. Can I imagine? And if you can't, Sometimes we get really annoyed with our friends because they will point shit out. Totally. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes, okay, so you have to know you have the right friends for this one, right? Because if you have friends who are envious and stuff, they point shit out that isn't there. Like I do remember being told by somebody that I had been friends with for 27 years that my husband that I have now is abusive in this, that, and the other, and she heard it from someone who heard it from someone. He's not. He never has been but there was a whole bunch of uh, reasons to say that and try and break the situation up. But many of us also, and I do have these people have good friends who have your best interest at heart who might go, Hey, you know, this guy or this girl that you're really into, this is a little red flag over here that I think you need to pay attention to. And most of us say, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I'm too happy. You just want me to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. We will sublimate what anybody says. And it might be a good idea to listen, though. Yeah. Yeah. And even some of the most interesting things are if you write them down, mm -hmm. write them down and have them reflected back at you. Yes, because it gives you distance. Absolutely. And it's a really easy method that I use a lot with clients. Absolutely. It's, it's really straightforward. And if you do that, and if after they're reflected back at you, you still feel okay about whatever it was, fine. Yeah. Fine. You then go, okay, then wait a week or two and do it again. <laughs> Just to make sure it's not the chemicals. Yeah. Because you might still fuck it up, but at least you'll do it knowingly. Yes, absolutely. I always used to, I had a massive uh, argument with someone once about exactly what love was. And, and I said, you know, it's all chemicals and those chemicals wear off and then it has to be replaced by something else. And if it's not replaced with something else, then yeah, you've had some great sex for a while maybe um, and some butterflies, but that's kind of as far as it's going to go. Um, so we have this, you know, and in society, we have this really romantic notion of what love really is. Mm. It's red roses and it's moonlit walks and, and it doesn't look like that at all. That's what we think. It should. Look at Valentine's Day. You know, it is just this over commercialized version of showing someone how much you love them. Whereas in actual fact, true love and true intimacy and connection, you do that every day. Yeah. And showing somebody how much, you know, I always say to people like, you know, yeah, there's all the frills, but you know, somebody who truly loves me when I have to be in the hospital is there with me. Mm. Right. I'm, you know, somebody who truly loves me, makes sure that I'm not sleeping on the street. I mean, there's like the really unromantic practical things. Absolutely. I like to think of it as a cake and you know, you've got to, you've got to cook a good cake because no amount of frosting on an ugly cake will make it pretty. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, things, I think 
the idea of slowing yourself down and pacing it, you can still enjoy the high and be slow about it, right? You can still, you can put in self-preservation skills, you can put in all of this and enjoy that. But you do have to fight a lot against society's programming about how relationships go because they put you right on that escalator from moment one. Oh, yeah. You know, so what's happening next? What's happening next? Well, you should be moving in with each other. Yeah. Well, actually, you never have to live with each other. Sometimes some relationships are much better if you don't live together. <laughs> totally. I'm really envious of some of them. Um. Oh, I know. I seriously, um, and, I, and you know, I adore my husband. And um, at the moment, we don't have the finances to have houses next door. But if we could, I would be really happy to live alone. And he could live next door. Yeah. And I would come over and do the things and, you know, we would have the time and all of that. And he could even sleep in the bed with me sometimes, although he would never like me sleeping separately. But I sleep better when I'm on my own. And I like my own space. And I like it how I like it. Sometimes if you're able to do that, it makes your relationship better. But you have to think through these things and be willing to go against yeah. the, what I call them, the off-the-shelf relationships. You know, you just reach up take it off the shelf and buy it with all the assumptions and expectations intact. And those are the ones, you know, happily ever after and, and Disney says, and this is what we do. And most people do that. And it's not just heterosexuals that do that. Um, I have seen a huge increase in that in, in um, homosexual relationships since um, gay marriage was yeah. accepted. Yeah. It's like they just picked up the same bullshit. They it's fought to have the same bullshit. It yeah. really was quite stellar. It's, it's just a pinker version of heteronormativity. Yeah. Rather than actually forming, this is a whole opportunity to form a different type of relationship. And no, we'll just pick it up and do exactly what they do and, and say that this is different. Whereas actually it isn't always different. No, and, and the idea of actually the important bit is it, we need to examine our expectations because we take so much in from culture. Yeah. And even if you've been non-monogamous for fucking years, it's amazing how much that shit creeps in. Well, we did. Yeah. We are drip-fed it day in, day out. Absolutely. So we cannot avoid it. And only when somebody said this to me the other day, it was, it's a little bit like being in jail so you're in jail and you're in jail all your life and this is kind of a and you then manage to get out of jail and you look you turn around and you look back at all the people that are still in jail and go why are you still in jail and they go i didn't think we were in jail (laughs) and it is like that it is like that um, we are a couple minutes from break and we'll come back in the last segment and pick this up where we left off um I think it's important to recognize that part of this is an opportunity to challenge your assumptions Mm. that you can either go along with it mindlessly, which is what most people do. And look, guys, I'm not judging you. It feels great. Yeah, I get it. I've done it. I do it. I understand. But that actually, if we can be conscious about these things and have conscious relationships, we also get to have the good fun stuff and all the feels But when we get to make better choices, then we have the opportunity to create longer lasting relationships that actually serve everybody better. Yeah, absolutely. It's about, and and in fact, we were talking last bit about emotional literacy, Mm. Um, but it's, you know, talking about the present, enjoying present while kind of building that forward and sideways momentum and talking about the pace. Yes. We're going to do this. Talk about your pace, talk about your vulnerabilities, you know, and if you are unable to talk about yourself, and your wants and your wishes and desires with that person now, then maybe that ain't, that shit ain't getting no deeper. No, and, and absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a really important point. If you cannot be yourself, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little effort because it's a little scary. I get it. But okay. if, you, if you don't feel you can become to it authentic, you probably don't want to do anything further with it because that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know that di- that deeper kind of relaxed being yourself with someone that is reserved to those meaningful long-term relationships not every relationship you go into and feel nre for will be a long-term relationship absolutely so we will be back 
And a couple of minutes after words from our sponsors, we'll see you then. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and I've got Zaina Rachi with me today, and we are talking about NRE, New Relationship Energy, and ERE, Existing Relationship Energy, and, and before the break, we were talking about really be, needing to be able to come back into this new relationship with authenticity. A new person is an opportunity. I was talking to a client about the fact that a new person in some ways, is an opportunity to be really honest because you don't really care if you're not attached to them yet what they think. Yeah. Right? Whereas when you're in an existing relationship, to admit desires you've never admitted or to talk about difficult things can feel really threatening because this person you depend upon emotionally and maybe financially and physically in many ways, even if it's a healthy interdependency, they might decide this isn't for them. And that's really scary. Whereas when you first meet somebody, who the fuck cares? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody, nobody wants to be abandoned. Nobody wants to do something that might mean that somebody might abandon them. And, and so you do have this certain amount of chess playing in existing relationships in that how much, how much can you move that way or this way without them kind of going, uh, no, just no. Um, and I kind of, a lot of stuff that I do with clients is about this kind of emotional literacy. Yeah. And understanding and knowing how to express your feelings. Now, quite often we have this, you know, five kind of feelings and that's it. Oh no, I get two, two feelings. Yeah, two. Lots of, lots of, um, and, and as somebody said in a speech the other night, I was at the masculinity monologues. Um, where men were being given a platform to express feelings. And this guy said, you know, he's British and he's like, he's got, he had two feelings. Uh, Okay. And anger. (laughs) And I see a lot of that, right? I see a lot of men who've got, okay. And anger or, oh, that's nice. And anger. Uh, Yeah, totally. So I I use, well, I use the um, feelingswheel.com. Mm-hmm. lots of my clients and just go just have this and just identify a feeling that's outside of the feeling that you might think you're feeling because it might not be the feeling you're feeling um which makes absolutely no sense at all but if you can't if you don't know the real emotions that you're feeling how the bloody hell are you going to tell anybody else that 
And that, I mean, so that's one place that, that and, and if you're listening and you really don't have a lot of feeling words and you don't know how to look at nuance in your feelings, this is a great thing to start doing to work on. That's and, one part of emotional literacy. The second part is communication, God. Yeah. Communication skills. And by the way, and I know I've said this before, if you are going to be involved in more than one relationship, you need a higher level of communication. Raven Caldera talks about um, when he talks about um, non-monogamy and then talks about power exchange relationships. What he says is like, you need good communication for a good relationship if you're monogamous and no power exchange. If you add in polyamory, you got to up the game. You know, you need loads of good communication. You need to be an expert communicator. When you add in BDSM and a power exchange, you need to be a phenomenal communicator you need to be prepared to spend a lot of time processing. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, what is it? Work on, um, you know, work on the me before we work, before you work on the we. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so if you can't communicate, you're in difficulty. You also, you know, part of emotional literacy is being able to soothe yourself. So you've got to know the feeling words. You've got to know what your needs are. You've got to be able to communicate. And you also need to have some skills. And those skills are teachable. You know, they include soothing yourself. They include being able to sit with ambivalence, which the vast majority of people have difficulty doing. It's not either black or white. There are millions of colors and shades of gray. And so you have to be able to sit with that. Really important skills that, unfortunately, many adults don't have. Well, it's, it's fear. It, you know, it comes down to being fearful of. So I quite often will say, um, you know, you fear will fear will stop you from doing something that actually might end up being good for you. Yes. It will go, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. And, and we then listen to it and go, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll stay here and I won't think about this or I won't think about, what I might need to do on myself to start with, because you, you know, how many people do we see as couples and, and you end up going, well, kind of you could probably do with working on this bit and you could do with working on this bit and they're not the same bits. Um, but that what needs to happen, that kind of almost pyramid of if your foundations, you know, if you're building a house and your foundations are dodgy, your house will be falling down at some point. And, they're, and, and, and where do, what do they do to remedy that? They start with the foundation. Yeah. They knock shit and they dig down and they put in reinforcement. Yeah, take it back. Take, you know, take it right back to, to the beginning. To, and, and, and in some cases with, with my clients, it can be this kind of dissonance caused by, um, you know, kind of interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also goes for status exchange relationships. Yep. And if people are kind of going, oh, well, this is fine and this doesn't impact our relationship and then they end up in a therapist chair and and you're kind of going, oh, okay. So maybe something that actually a a question you didn't ask or a conversation you didn't have at the very beginning is now more pertinent because you didn't ask it. Absolutely. And I mean, so things like people don't consider what, that different cultures have different meanings for things and different expectations to how things look. And if you're not familiar with that, you may be saying yes to shit. You have no idea what you're saying yes to. Yeah. Absolutely none. It's it's sort of like as a therapist, I don't expect my client to educate me on the overarching culture they're from. I go and find out about that. They educate me on their, their part. How, do, how does how is this for them? They shouldn't have. I they shouldn't have to educate me on what it's like to be whatever. Insert your favorite mm. culture. Yeah, LGBTQ anything. Insert your favorite kink here. I should find out what that means and let them tell me what it means to them. Well, we don't even do that with our partners some of the time. Totally. If you know, if you are going in a, into an interracial relationship. Why don't you talk about, well, have you dated interracially before? Do you, do you know what you're letting yourself in for? Because there could be lots of differences. I'm in an interracial relationship myself. And what I might find offensive, my partner does not. Absolutely. And I, I you know, I, I, I mean, my favorite one is family. Oh, my God, families look different. 
Yes, there are similarities, but oh my God, the expectations are different. You need to know that. You need to at least have talked about how are we going to handle this? Or my favorite one, because I'm also in an interracial relationship. In the U.S., it's different from here. We get a lot less black here, to be fair. In the U.S., I mean, we get shit. And, and how are we going to deal with the shit from both communities that says that we're not supposed to be together? together yeah. And so, and so, you know, cause my way of dealing with it is I tend to shout at people. Right. And he's like, you got to stop that. Right. You know, like, I deal with it differently. So it's those sorts of things that people think, Oh, we love each other. We don't have to worry about this. Yes. Right. Everything will be fine with love. Well, guess what guys? I, I wish that were true, but it, it don't work that way. So believe it or not, we only have a few minutes left. Right. If they want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, I could, you know, insert some amusing joke there. But um, they can find me on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I, my website. I'm on various different listing sites. You know, I know lots of people. So, and let's face it, if you Google Zayna Ratti, there's not many. So yeah, I mean, well, that, I have that too. Lori Bisbee, there aren't many of those either. So you definitely got to find me if you do that. So that's great. Yeah, if absolutely. you do that, and if you can't find her, you will be able to find her. Um, if you do have questions, like I said, feel free to send questions in. I know sometimes people are just too embarrassed to write them in, and they're too embarrassed to say anything, and then eventually. They don't know what to do with it. There is no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid question is the one you do not ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, feel free to make suggestions about guests and shows. You can do that to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. It's at DrBisbee on Instagram and Twitter. So that's B-I-S-B-E-Y for those of you who have not figured out how to spell my name. Next week will be actually the letter O. Yes, we did manage to do this one in order. And that's going to be O is for orgasm. And I believe, at least at last look, that Andrea Baraka of the O School will be joining me to talk all about orgasm. It should be a lot of fun. There may be a couple of other people who chime in. You never know. Um, And... I hope you have a fantastic, hot, healthy, enjoyable week, and do take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something today, but if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.